بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين We thank Allah Jalla wa'ala for having granted us the opportunity once again to discuss a hadith mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari As we all know from the very beginning of this podcast we began by taking a few select ahadith from Sahih al-Bukhari Kitab al-Buyur the book of buying and selling or the book of business. Alhamdulillah, we have covered quite a bit when it comes to this book. There are a few ahadith which are remaining, which we want to touch on. Those, inshallah, we will mention them and we will mention a few contemporary masail. And as for the last few episodes with regards to this book, the book of buying and selling, we will try and mention some of the ahadith that Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentioned. These ahadith, for the person who is not used to looking through the work of Imam al-Bukhari, you will find that sometimes he mentions a hadith which look like they are not related to the book or the topic which he is speaking about. However, he is able to derive a ruling. So, for example, he mentions a hadith which is commonly mentioned today about good company and how Rasulullah gave an example of the one who has good company and the one who has bad company. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah was able to derive a business benefit from there. In today's episode, we want to speak about foreign currency exchange or what is known as Forex. And we also want to touch on money transfer. When somebody is transferring money from one country to another, how do we look at it from the Islamic perspective? Is it halal or is it haram? What makes it halal or what makes it haram? To begin, as we mentioned in the previous episodes when we spoke about interest, we said Rasulullah mentions in the hadith, لا إلا سواء بسواء. Basically, when selling gold for gold, you should only sell it if it is equal. 1 kg for 1 kg. 1 kg of gold for 1 kg of gold. And when it comes to silver, 1 kg of silver for 1 kg of silver. Rasulullah then mentions in the same hadith. However, if you are selling two different items, so you are selling gold for silver or silver for gold. Here, these two are different, so you are allowed to increase or decrease in the price. However, it should be hand to hand. To understand how foreign currency exchange works with our money, we have to read about money itself and how it evolved. Basically, to summarize it, at the very beginning of time, long ago, people mainly used to barter. So they would have commodities. For example, somebody has some grain, some rice, some sugar, and they want to buy a goat or a chicken. Here they would swap and they would carry on. People also used gold and silver as a medium of exchange, whether it was during that time or a little bit after. And this continued for many years. Basically, as time evolved, people needed to travel. Sometimes it wasn't safe. Sometimes there was too much gold to hold. They became a business where there were people in this business who would hold other people's gold and they would give them a certificate or what we could term as paper money. However, these certificates were backed 100% by gold. So if somebody held this certificate 
or this piece of paper, they could go to the person who was holding their gold at any time and they could redeem that gold. So again, when we look at exchanging gold and silver or these papers that were backed fully by gold, we find that the same rulings still apply. As time passed, eventually the people who were holding the gold, they realized that not everybody comes to redeem their gold. It's only a small percentage. And they thought that if we increase the amount of papers or the amount of certificates or paper money, we could call it as we call it today, if we increased the amount of them in circulation, nobody would ever know how much gold we have. So they would not know, is it 100% backed or less? Or is there any gold at all? And this was still unofficial because they had to be backed 100% by gold. Eventually during crisis and when there are difficult times, people want to redeem their gold. And it became known that the people who are holding gold did not have enough gold to back the certificates they had dished out. Eventually the world wars occurred and there was World War I, World War II and there was an agreement that happened in the 1940s known as Bretton Woods. You can read about it more. Yes, we are talking about hadith but the reason why we mention these things is to understand these rulings and to understand these ahadith in our modern day context we have to know history and we have to know what happened. Because what if somebody comes to you today and says that paper money is not backed by gold, hence there is no zakah and all these ahkam that you are talking about where you are allowed to charge interest or not, it doesn't apply here. So we are mentioning this in brief so we can understand these rulings. So basically getting back to where we were, there were countries after the world wars that had been harmed tremendously and they wanted to rebuild their infrastructure. So these countries, a lot of them had gold and they gave their gold to the United States in exchange for US dollars. And these dollars could be converted to gold at any time. Eventually, as time passed in 1971, as countries started asking for their gold, the US realized that the amount of gold they had was not enough to back the US dollars that had been issued and eventually the president of the time he announced that or he announced the suspension of the convertibility of US dollars to gold and basically from 1971 up to now we have a full fiat system which basically the money is not backed by anything. So what happens now when it comes to the ruling of paper money? As we mentioned before this paper money takes the ruling of gold and silver. Why? Because the scholars from long ago, 1400 years ago, basically they mentioned that when it comes to the hadith of interest where Rasulullah said gold for gold and it should be equal or gold for silver, it doesn't have to be equal but it still must be hand to hand. As we mentioned, the most correct opinion is when looking at gold and silver, the reason for this is because it was taken as money. The people had taken it as their medium of exchange. Hence, anything that comes after that, the people agree that it will be money or currency between them and they have given it value. The people have given it value. It will take 
the ruling of interest. So this is the same when it comes to paper money, whether it's backed 100% by gold or it is not. So when you are dealing in the same currency, if you want to make change, you have a $100 bill and you want to make change again in dollars for a smaller denomination, it must be equal. So $100 bill and you ask for change, you will get two $50 bills in return. For example, somebody cannot charge you more or less because it's the same currency. It's like exchanging gold for gold. Again, another important thing to mention when it comes to people who say that there is no interest because gold is not like paper money. The problem with that opinion is that also when it comes to zakah, they will eventually say that there is no zakah. And because of that, 99% or more of people will not end up paying zakah. So yes, paper money is not like gold 100%, but it takes the ruling of gold because it is the closest thing. Thereafter, getting back to our paper money, if you are changing a currency which is different, so United States dollars for British pounds, for example, here, same like gold and silver, you're allowed to increase and decrease, but it must be hand to hand. There should not be any delay. Now, when it comes to the internet and when it comes to foreign currency exchange and foreign currency platforms, what is the ruling here? Is it allowed? Is it hand to hand? Does it happen at the same time? To put it into perspective, there are a lot of financial products, a lot of platforms, a lot of institutions. When it comes to your bank, sometimes what happens is your bank will give you a multi-currency account where you will be able to hold not only the currency that is in your country, but also other currencies. So for example, in the bank you have, you may have a US dollar account and you may have a British pound account and you may have other currencies. And they allow you to exchange your money to any other currency you want. As long as this exchange when executed occurs at the same time and the money is immediately put in your account, you are able to use it here, bi'idhnillah, bearing in mind there's no other haram involved, here this is permissible. And this is generally the case with the banks. Remember, we're not giving a blanket ruling and we're not speaking about a specific bank. We are giving a general guideline. If you want a specific ruling, ask a scholar who knows about this specific institution or bank. Moving on, when it comes to financial platforms, mainly for forex trading, they give you an account and they allow you to trade. And sometimes they have what's called a leverage where they give you more money, etc., etc. Leverage, margin and uh, rollover fees in and amongst themselves are problematic. These are problematic areas. And once again, I mention that when it comes to a specific platform, please ask a scholar about it. Let's say this platform is only for trading your money. And whenever you execute a trade, the trade occurs and it occurs immediately. And the money you have bought comes immediately into your account. There is no delay. So this is like hand to hand. Why do we say this? Because when it comes to what is known as qabd, qabd in the sharia is basically when you buy something, is it in your possession. Now, this possession or the definition of something being in your possession, it differs 
from time to time and from product to product. So when it comes to a car, for example, if you have the key in some countries or you buy a house and you have the key, it's as though you own this house. It is now under your possession if the transaction has taken place. This is what is known as qabd. So this qabd goes according to the norms and according to what is known amongst the people. So when it comes to the internet today, yes, you may trade your money online and they may not send it to you physically. However, it is under your possession, in your account or in your wallet. So as we mentioned, that if these trades are executed and they occur immediately, you are given your money, you are able to spend it how you want, then bi'idhnillah, this is okay, it is permissible as long as there's no other haram involved. As for money transfers, especially when it comes to changing this money and sending it to another country, what occurs here? Do we say that when a person goes to the bank and he's given his US dollars and he sends it from America all the way to England, do we say that in this case it is impermissible because it takes a few hours or a few days for this money to reach and he has changed the money? Or do we look at it differently? To put it into perspective, we have to understand how banks work amongst each other, especially when it comes to money transfer. When you go to deposit your money or if you send it electronically, your bank doesn't take that money and send it all the way to another country. Basically, they have their own settlement mechanisms or their own, we could call them platforms. One of the most famous is the SWIFT platform, where basically all money that goes or is transferred across borders is routed through the US dollar, routed through America at times, and it's changed into US dollars after that changed into the currency of your choice. So it's not as simple as is mentioned. Another thing that's important to know is that these banks, because they carry out so many transactions between one another, they cannot settle at every minute or every second. So they have their own time frames and also they have books which are open, basically their ledgers, who's in credit, who's in debit, who owes this and who is owed this. Because when you go to send money, for example, from the UK to Australia, there are also banks in Australia that need to send money from Australia all the way to the UK. So it's costly to carry on balancing the books every second. It is possible. However, with the current system, it's quite difficult. So they have their time frame. So when it comes to money transfer, do we say again that the person sending money because there is a delay, it is not allowed, or do we look at it differently? The most correct opinion, and Allah knows best, is when you go to the bank to transfer money from your country to another country, there is more than one transaction that occurs. So the first transaction that occurs is when you give your money, your British pounds, for example, to your bank, they exchange it. So this is sarf. And whatever is owed to you is basically put under your possession. You then appoint the bank to transfer this money all the way 
to Africa or Australia or wherever it may be. Hence, there are two transactions and not one. As for the exchange, the money exchange, it's occurred at the same time. As for the transfer, then no matter how long it takes, it's okay because the actual exchange has been completed. Again, to make it clear, we are not speaking about specific banks or specific forex platforms or specific money transfer services. We are giving general guidelines. After that, a person should research more. So just to give a quick recap, we spoke a little bit about money and how it evolved. And I encourage you all to read about money because this is a very important topic, not only when it comes to understanding the Islamic rulings that occur today between one another, but also when it comes to understanding the world on a global level. After that, we spoke a little bit about gold and silver and how paper money fits in. And after that, we spoke a little bit about money transfers. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all goodness. Ameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.